Well, for those of you that may be visiting this morning, or for some of our college students who are just back and catching up with what we've been doing, uh, let me do exactly that. Since Easter, we have been looking at the subject of prayer, that most important part of our thankfulness to God. And the way we've been doing that in the morning is we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer in little bits as explained by the Heidelberg Catechism. And in our evening services, we've been looking more at the practice of prayer. And we're at an important part this morning of transition in looking at the Lord's Prayer. So far, we've looked at the first three requests that are described as the you, your requests. Uh, your, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this morning, we transition into the our, us prayers as we begin by looking at give us today our daily bread. And to understand what that means, we're going to first look at the Heidelberg Catechism's question and answer. As we've been doing, I will ask the question and invite you to join with me aloud as we read together the answer. And so the Catechism asks, what does the fourth request mean? And it says, give us today our daily bread means... Do take care of all our physical needs so that we come to know that you are the only source of everything good and that neither our work and worry nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. And so help us to give up our trust in creatures and to put our trust in you alone. That's the catechism's answer. And to help us flesh that out a bit, we're going to be looking at scripture from Deuteronomy 8, verses 11 through 20. It's, the words are going to be on the screen, but if you'd like to look it up and follow along and look back while I preach, you can find that on page 180 of your pew Bibles. Again, from the book of Deuteronomy, beginning at verse 11. A little bit of historical context, the book of Deuteronomy was written near the very end of Moses' leadership over the Israelites, having led them out of Egypt, and now having wandered in the desert for 40 years, they were about to enter into the promised land, finally. And the book of Deuteronomy is Moses' instructions to them and how they are to now go and live in that promised land. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full, and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents, serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. 
Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly swear, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In many ways, on the surface, the prayer request, give us today our daily bread, seems like such a simple and straightforward prayer request. And yet, there are some obstacles to us understanding this. I think the main obstacle that complicates this request for us is the distance that sits between us today and the people that God or that Jesus first taught how to pray this prayer. The distance in time and in space and technology that separates us from them. So I want to start this morning by just thinking a little bit about what it would have meant for them, those that lived in first century Israel, to pray, give us today our daily bread. First of all, you have to realize the importance of bread in that society. So one article I researched suggested that probably 50 to 70 percent of the average person's diet, or 50 to 70 percent of the calories that the average person consumed came entirely from their eating of bread. Meaning most, half or more of everything they ate was bread, which alone suggests how important it was for them for their daily needs. But if you think about the calories that they got from the bread, then you have to also think of all of the calories they put in in order to get that bread. And just work with me through this a little bit. I promise you I am no expert whatsoever. But we'll start by kind of glossing over all of the things that, that started first. The work that went into cultivating the soil where your own wheat had to be grown. The prayers for rain that would be required for it. The hope that you didn't get bad seed that was full of weeds that would ruin your crop or a bunch of insects that would come and eat it. And then the labor that was needed to harvest all of that wheat by hand with primitive tools and then to thresh the grain heads from the rest of what was needed. That was a lot of work in and of itself. But when that was done, the work began. And so you had to take the, the grain and you had to grind it into flour by hand to create that. And once the flour was made, well, now you have to make dough and you need water for that, which is not as easy as just turning on the faucet. Now you have to take your jar and go and walk all the way, however far it might be, to the local well where you gather the water and then carry that heavy, full water jug all the way back to your home where you can add it to the flour. 
Now you can start making the dough and you mix the water and the flour and the starter yeast from your collection that you held on to from last time and you put that all together. But now for the yeast to do its work, it's going to need a little bit of time. And so that's good because you have it. Because before you can cook that dough, you have to start a fire which means you have to go out and either collect wood that has already been gathered and and stacked against your home or go and find wood somewhere and make the fire, kindle it, get it up to a perfect temperature where the bread could be cooked. And then you bake the bread. And that takes time over a heated fire. And then finally, you'd be able to eat it. But you'd have to basically eat it all. You you couldn't save time by consolidating this and, and making a week's worth of bread or a month's worth of bread because you had no preservatives, you had no refrigeration, and so the bread would quickly spoil if you tried to extend the amount of time. And so you could only make a batch for the day and maybe the next, and that was about it. And then think about the fact that if you were not feeling well that day, if there was something that interrupted you, an emergency that came up, it would just add to the labor. Again, I read something that suggested that just making that bread alone was probably going to take at least two to three hours of work to provide for your family for that day. And then again, Imagine how quickly any of that could be interrupted. Someone hurts themselves. The rains don't fall. Insects get into it. You fall asleep and the bread burns. And now, instead of having food for the day, you've wasted it and you have nothing to eat. And so now, thinking about that, you understand a little bit of the importance of praying, Lord, give us today our daily bread. Watch over that whole process so that we can continue to exist and we can continue to eat and we can continue to survive. Now, compare that to us today. Someone wanted bread to eat. How easy would that be to accomplish? I thought about this for a little while and I had a little quick thought run through my mind where at this point in the sermon, I would give someone $10 and see how long it would take for them to come back with a loaf of bread. I'm not going to do that, but we can just imagine that scenario. You've got in this small town alone, probably I counted five or six stores that they could go to to purchase bread. And when they were there, at each one of those stores, they could choose from all the things from English muffins to tortillas to loaves of sourdough or hot dog buns, what they wanted to purchase. And none of it would be very expensive at all. It would probably only take them a matter of minutes to go get that and then bring it back. And of course, it wouldn't just be a daily provision. You can't just buy, you know, two or three slices of bread, it would be a whole loaf, a whole container that would last weeks, potentially. And if you, whatever you didn't finish, you could just put it on the counter and save or put it in the freezer where all of a sudden you'd realize, oh yeah, we already had a loaf that I forgot about. And it was in there. And so I guess we continue to have more than what we need. It is so 
easy for us in today's world to get bread, which begs the question in many ways. If, it's, if we even need to keep praying this part of the prayer, since it is so easy for us, we almost think, well, where is God's role in that process? To pray for God, to get engaged in that, it almost sounds irrelevant. We don't really need to keep asking God for daily bread, do we? Let him worry about the big things, cancer, war. We'll take care of our daily bread. Well, if we can't relate so much to the situations of the prayer, I think we can relate a lot better to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Again, putting its place in history, we're at the time where Moses is preparing for the Israelites to finally enter into that promised land. That journey that they had been on for 40 years, had been looking forward to, and, and now they were ready to enter into. And yet, when entering into that land, in verse 11, Moses warns, take care lest you forget the Lord your God. Throughout that time, from Exodus to Egypt, up to this moment, 40 years later, there were times when there had been no water for the people to drink. And yet God had miraculously provided that water for them. Throughout that journey, there was no other food to eat, and yet God provided supernatural bread from heaven that the people could gather and each eat every single morning in the form of manna. Every morning except for on the Sabbath, that was the one day that they could gather more than one day's worth of provisions, but it was always there. And yes, the 40 years had been a punishment for their lack of faith, but it had also been a test, an opportunity for the people to learn. They learned that they needed God each moment of every day, that their very existence depended upon his provision. And if he ever withdrew his supernatural hand of blessing, then they would be finished. However, now that they were about to enter into the promised land, where life would be substantially easier, where there would be, as it says in verses 12 through 14 of our text, they would be able to eat their full. They would live in houses instead of tents. They would have abundant animals with flocks that, that grew and stayed in one place and their wealth would increase. And in that situation, into that newfound wealth and comfort of life, the temptation would be to forget. And Moses warns them in verse 17, Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. And that's the warning of Moses. When manna was on the ground each morning, it was easy to remember how much their lives depended on God. But in the comfort and blessing of the promised land, they would assume that they could handle things on their own. 
And Moses' plea for the people was to continue to remember that just as they had depended upon God when they were in the wilderness, they still needed to recognize their dependence upon God in the promised land. It's just that his provision for them would show up in a different way. No longer with supernatural bread, but with the ordinary means of providing for them. And like I said, I think that some of us can relate to this. I would assume that the stories of the vast majority of us here this morning can be of this, where we look back at a time in our own lives, time in the lives of our parents or our grandparents or maybe some form of great before them in a faraway country where they looked at their situation And they didn't see much of a future. And so, with a great deal of prayer, of looking for discernment and direction from God, and probably no small amount of fear, they took everything that they had, sold it off, shoved whatever was left of money in their pockets, and got onto a boat to a whole new country where they didn't understand the language, They didn't know the culture, and they were not sure that things would go well, but they did so with the prayer that the lives of their children and grandchildren would be better there, here, than it would have been where they were leaving from. And God has answered those prayers. Our lives are so good. We have food available in abundance We have the greatest medical care where even knees and hearts can be replaced when they don't work properly. And that's something that millionaires couldn't have even dreamed of not all that long ago. We've got great access to schools and education where at any moment we can just whip out our phone and Google the answer to all of life's questions. By every conceivable measure, Although we may feel poorer than others, all of us are far wealthier than any other people at almost any other time in history and almost any other place that exists on the planet right now. But in that luxury, I wonder and I worry if we've forgotten the lessons of Deuteronomy 8. Since it is so easy to take care of the needs of our lives, then why pray, give us today our daily bread? If we've got irrigation ditches that can be used to bring water to our crops, why do we pray for rain? If we have medical insurance that can handle our illnesses and our injuries, then why do we need to pray for God's protection of our bodies? If we have retirement accounts to secure our futures, why do we need God to guide and direct us? And I do believe that this is a big reason why so many are leaving the church. They don't think that they really need God anymore. All of their basic needs are taken care of by themselves. Where does God fit in our ordinary lives? And they've forgotten the lessons that their ancestors of dependence, lessons of dependence that their ancestors had learned. So then what does it mean 
for us to pray, give us today our daily bread in such a culture, in such a time as today. Well, let me give, me a, give you a couple of quick reasons why we still need to pray this prayer. First of all, notice that as I mentioned from the start, this is not a prayer about God giving me my daily bread. This is a prayer that God would give us our daily bread. And that's not an insignificant difference. This is a reminder that when we pray this prayer, we pray it in community and as a community. And so as someone who has already prayed that God's name be hallowed, that his kingdom come, that his will be done, when I recognize that God has already given me my daily bread, then I need to look around me and see, well, who else needs that provision? If God has blessed me with more than what I need, then I need to offer myself to be used by God to bring that blessing to others so that their needs can be met as well, allowing God to use me to answer their prayers. And so, yes, I may not feel like I need God to provide for me, but again, it's an opportunity to look around and say, who is in our community in our neighborhoods, in our regions, still desperately praying, oh Lord, give us today our daily bread because I don't know where it's going to come from. And how might he use us to help meet those needs of others? But more specifically, it is a reminder that we do need to look to God and pray for all of our needs. To admit the truth, we still depend on God at times, God has provided for his people through the miracle of manna. There have been times when people are acutely aware of the fact that without God's miraculous intervention, their lives would end quickly. And yes, we live at a time and in a place where that reliance might not be as obvious, but it is still there very much. But in forgetting that, so many just think, God is off there in the background. And we only need to call on him in prayer for the big things that we can't handle. But that isn't true. We still need God every single day. As we thought of all of the work that needed to go into making bread for people in first century Israel, think again a little bit about all of the things that still need to be upheld in order for us to continue to live in the luxury that we do. We need to live in a nation of peace where the supply chains aren't interrupted and where government is functioning somewhat uh, ably in order that we can be able to get bread from all around the world. We need rain for the crops to grow. We need more than we often want to admit. And living through COVID just a couple of years ago re helped us all realize that it doesn't take much to interrupt a lot of those systems where all of a sudden what we thought was easy and obvious isn't quite there. So praying that prayer should be a continual reminder of our regular, ongoing dependence on the provisions of God for our very existence. I think the Catechism says it well. 
When it says, give us this day our daily bread, helps us to come to know that God is the only source of everything good and that neither our work and worry nor even God's gifts can do us any good without his blessing. And so help us to give us our trust on creatures and to trust in God alone. But then finally, I think that helps us to approach this table that's been set before us this morning. Again, we live in a society when we think of what our needs are, they feel few and easily met. And yet when we come to this table, we acknowledge that there is a need that we could never meet in our own strength and our own ability. We come to this table confessing that when we have tried to rely on our own strength, our own power, our own will, that we have ruined things. And we've broken our relationship with God and have done, such in, done so in such a way that we could and can never repair it ourselves. But once again, into that need, God has acted. And he sent his one and only son to go to the cross where he bore his, God's wrath against our sins so that we can be forgiven. And so when we do turn to him in faith, he gives us forgiveness. He gives us direction in life and he gives us hope for eternity lived with him. And that's what this table celebrates this morning. The great truth that in our greatest of needs, we have to look to God and confess that we depend on him entirely for that need and then celebrate and praise the God that has provided for that need in his son. And so, yes, even in our world as wealthy and easy as it is, we still need to pray, give us today our daily bread. We need to pray that not just for ourselves, but for our hungry brothers and sisters around the world. We need to pray that in acknowledgement of the fact that we still do depend on God for every moment of our existence, whether we acknowledge it or not. And then we pray that thanking God for the fact that he has so richly and abundantly provided for the greatest of our needs through the work of his son. So with that in mind, let's bow our heads in the presence of our God. Father in heaven, we begin by confessing that far too often we have become self-reliant. We've assumed that we can just take care of the easy things of life and far too many of us far too often have pushed you to the background where we only pray when the need feels great where we only approach you when it feels like it's something that is out of our control. And I, I pray, O oh Lord, that you would open our eyes again to our daily need of your provision, that your hand still upholds us, guides us, and that we need to depend upon you. 
And then, Lord, as you do bless us and respond to this prayer, I pray that we would be gracious as you have been, that we would share with those that still are in need, and we would be looking for opportunities to hallow your name, to build your kingdom, to serve you and obey your will as we go forth and take the things that you have blessed us with and use them in order to bless others. Lord, as we approach this communion table, Remind us also of the great gift that you have given to us through your Son. May you feed not only our bodies, but our souls, as we together remember and believe the great, incredible gift of your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.